Hi, and welcome back to This Week in Voice, the special healthcare series, episode four or five. So this is a slate of five healthcare-oriented episodes of This Week in Voice taking place between season four, which wrapped up earlier this year, and season five, which kicks off in late August, leading us, leading us up to the Voice of Healthcare Summit, which typically takes place at Harvard Medical School uh, each year. And this year, as we will announce tomorrow, we'll be going all virtual. And we're excited about it, uh, but that's a sign of the times. This episode here will focus on the intersection of voice, AI, and health insurance specifically. Um, and we've got a fantastic panel assembled to talk about that. Uh, and my name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing based in Nashville, Tennessee. We're not a normal publisher. Much of what we do involves voice technology and conversational AI. I'm pleased to be hosting the show. Let's take a look at each one of our panelists. And Micah, I'm going to start with you. Micah Coppins, I'm going to start with you. We have two Micahs on this show. Uh, Micah Coppins, say who you are, who you're with, what you do. Hello, uh, Bradley. So nice to be part of this. Well, thank you for having me. Um, uh, us Micahs are very notorious to uh, go into voice design. There's actually another Micah Grunewig, who is also a conversational designer uh, in the Netherlands. So a lot of Micahs going around in the voice world. And um, so uh, a bit more about me is I'm an independent UX and strategy consultant for voice and also a co-founder of Promptful Um as such, I've worked with a lot of uh, insurance companies, healthcare, uh, and otherwise, um, both in US, Canada, uh, in Europe. So glad to share my perspective on, on that as well, as it's a very important topic. Micah Coppins, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you making the time. We've got another Micah on this show, Micah Eddy. Micah, say hello. Hi, everyone. And I'm actually Mika, not to, to break the pattern. Okay. but no, that's, yeah. that's even better. Thank you for being part of this with us. Yeah, of course. Glad to be here. So I can give a quick intro. I'm Director of Clinical Product Innovation currently at United Healthcare. Um, have been leading a couple digital health initiatives, including our work on voice assistance. And so I'm very excited to hear from the other panelists and engage in discussion today. Mika, thank you very much for being part of the show with us. Next up is Audrey Arbini. Audrey, say hello. Hi, everyone, and thank you, Bradley, for having me on. I'm Audrey Arbini, and I'm the founder, CEO of AudioBrain. And AudioBrain is a boutique company that does sonic branding. I've been doing sonic branding for 25 years, and I've had AudioBrain for 17. And what sonic branding is, is the art and the science of creating an intentional, integrated sound landscape for a brand and leveraging it across a multitude of touch points for a unified communication system. So our mission statement is audio brains mission is to advocate and promote the use of music and sound to promote well-being. So although we work in every single industry from having done the Xbox 360 to supervising nine Olympics for NBC, we also have a very deep passion point, and my biggest area of concentration is in healthcare. I have a background in that. I've studied psychoacoustics, biomusicology. I've worked with kids uh, that were deaf and blind and done music therapy. And that's the driving force behind my company. It's my passion point. I've been fortunate to have spoken up at Harvard Medical School last year and really advocate for these types of projects and initiatives. We've done surgical robotics, we've done heart health devices, and anything that promotes health and wellness is something that we're phenomenally interested in and are working in right now. So thank you very, very much. Audrey, thank you very much for being part of the show with us, as always. Next up, we have Bhagwan Kamadi. Bhagwan, am I pronouncing that right? And you're on mute. You're, you're muted. Yeah, you're right. Okay. 
Cool. Yeah. Thank you for being part of the show with us. Tell us who you are, who you're with, what you do. Yeah. So I have uh, founded a AI startup back in around 2014. It was into uh, what you call, uh, it was called Arctic Corner. We were looking at um, you know, digital assistance, voice assistance. And uh, recently, I founded Quantica Computer, where we are looking at quantum AI, right? looking at healthcare, looking at um, genomics. You know, currently, I'm working as a director of product engineering at uh, Value Momentum. In Value Momentum, we have a social network for doctors called White Codes. And uh, we are providing a telehealth support to Practice Plus before COVID and currently during COVID. And I've published papers and presented uh, in the area of genomics and biotechnology and diabetes. And I've worked with various uh, clients in insurance and healthcare like American Express, City, ING, Kaiser. And uh, I have written some books related to quantum solutions, quantum AI, and also presented uh, in the conferences, especially the voice-related, like uh, Abios, like, uh, Astricon. And currently, recently, I had a ClueCon Weekly where I talked about the AI and the voice. And, and currently, my interests are in the area of explainable AI, Conversational AI, adaptive learning, voice recognition, analytics, and also voice-powered business intelligence. And uh, I'm currently uh, being a board member for ACTA Scientific Medical Sciences, where I'm presenting scientific papers, the trends in healthcare, trends in healthcare insurance. So that's the brief overview for me. And I'm also a member of uh, MIT Technology Review Global Panel and Harvard Advisory Global Panel. Bhagavan, thank you for joining us. And great, yeah, great to meet you. And finally, we have Matt Sabolsky. Matt, say hello. Hey, how you doing? Uh, Matt Sabolsky. I'm the co-host of the Voice of Healthcare podcast. Bradley, did I interrupt you? No, 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 no. Tell us, okay. yeah, you're, you're off and running. Tell us who you are, yeah. who you're with, what you do. Yeah, so I'm the co-host of the Voice of Healthcare podcast. been running that for the last three years. Uh, Bradley and I started that in 2016. And it's led to some amazing outcomes, including, um, you know, regular annual conferences at Harvard Medical School, including the folks on this call and others who will be joining us. Uh, we've had fantastic conversations with folks across the United States and the world, including uh, Eric Topol uh, from Scripps Research, Mayo Clinic, um, and the CMO of Teladoc Health, Dr. Lou Levy. Um, we've had Grammy Award-winning artists on the show, uh, and we've been able to create and cultivate a community of people who are impassioned by changing healthcare as it moves from big box, large edifice to multiple spokes and nodes um, and constant connection, sort of mimicking the long tail of supply of Amazon. So we can sort of magnify the amount of people um, who are helped with a dwindling amount of people who actually do the work uh, for clinical medicine. So it's actually nice to be a part of this. I've been in healthcare for 16 years. I'm a psychologist by training. Um, I have focused on human behavior modification in tech, uh, consulting for firms out of the Bay Area, Boston, and DC. I'm currently focused heavily on uh, finance and the consumer experience as well. And it's great to be here, Bradley. Matt, thank you for being part of the show as well. So uh, all five of y'all, thank you for uh, setting the time aside and, and being willing to share your uh, experience and your expertise uh, with me in the audience. So um, look, this, this episode here is about voice and AI and health insurance. And, um, it's my, you know, uh, I guess perspective that, uh, in so many of, uh, so many aspects of our lives professionally, as well as personally, this pandemic has served to accelerate trends that were already underway. We've seen it over and over and over again. Um, you know, conferences needed disruption. Well, they sure got that. You know, restaurants needed to be able to serve people, you know, and, and more uh, uh, flexible with delivery and, and also, you know, take any sort of vertical. Hotels needed to be more hygienic. Um, the, the way the world needed to get to and the way we were trending uh, in many situations, that's, that's where we've ended up. And, and so this pandemic, the silver lining of it has been acceleration. And so my question for y'all, and Micah, I'm going to start with you. We'll go through the same order that we did uh, the intros. Um, share with us 
an aspect of your organization, you know, your your working life or in your 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 organization that has been impacted by this pandemic, and also um, how you view uh, this how the pandemic has impacted. Um, what was happening with the application of voice and AI to health insurance. Uh, it was already, there was, there was signs that it was already on its way. Um, but share, share with us your perspective on uh, the impact for you personally, as well as what you think has happened in the marketplace with uh, voice and AI and insurance. Yeah, sure. Uh, gladly. Um, and I, I agree with what you were saying, Bradley. It's definitely in a lot of verticals um, been an accelerator for innovation, uh, which is uh, always a good thing, um, despite all of the negative uh, in this situation, obviously. Um, in my business, um, the COVID has definitely been an accelerator in that it has prompted me to provide more content and training and workshops online rather than in person. So um, that was something that I'd been thinking about for quite a while already, but uh, I never really got to it because always busy and on the road. And I would say thanks to the pandemic, um, I had a bit of time and also uh, the need to really get that accelerated. So from that perspective, it really did kind of act as an accelerator. Um, then when it comes to companies I work with, I kind of observe two trends. Um, one trend is where voice is still in the experimentation phase, where it is still within the innovation departments uh, in larger companies. Sometimes budgets now get frozen because they need to get to the day-to-day -day and make sure that they go through that transformation that COVID now requires them to go through rather than focus on really innovating projects or which voice uh, is for them at that point. And then there's other companies who are already voice mature or had already put a first foot into voice um, that really saw the opportunity of the fact that um, voice could be integrated within the entire customer journey and could actually help them stay in touch with their customers uh, throughout this pandemic as they are no longer uh, seeing them in real life. So I guess there's two trends, which is one where it's freezing up budget because we really need to tend to more um, pressing economic um, matters and then accelerating for those that realize that it's actually an asset within the customer journey and can actually help them move through this pandemic. And when it comes to healthcare insurance, I think healthcare insurers which I know of, have um, been at the forefront of this um, because a lot of insurance and a lot of healthcare is about servicing their end clients and is about being able to get those end clients to understand their insurance and get, um, get more information about health, get more information about practitioners, um, so I think healthcare insurance and a lot of the actors I know have really seized this to uh, embed voice even deeper in their customer journeys. Uh, and also um, not only from a very a tight voice app perspective, but really from a very broad voice perspective within the customer journey, both um, as uh, in intelligent IVRs, voice applications, obviously voice search, uh, and really throughout the customer journey to get closer to that customer now that they are further apart. No, that's excellent. And uh, yeah, that's great perspective. Mika, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Share with us a way that the pandemic has uh, impacted you and your organization and your thoughts on its implications for um, the application of voice and AI uh, within health insurance? Sure. I would say that 
you know, I agree with kind of echoing what the other uh, Micah just uh, spoke about. I think it's the pandemic has been, you know, this kind of silver lining has been that it's, it's really catalyzed, not just telehealth and synchronous and asynchronous and, you know, remote patient monitoring and care navigation and so on, but um, has really underscored the importance of, of payer provider collaboration. I think I saw an article this morning, actually, um, half of U.S. hospitals could be operating in the red by the end of this year. And, you know, similar to Micah's experience, we've seen kind of two things. One, um, hospitals either being, you know, so overwhelmed and don't have the appetite to take on additional risk. And so some pilots have been delayed. In other cases, provider groups are reaching out. They need help with especially surging, you know, like Medicaid enrollment volumes um, as the unemployment population balloons and mental health issues come to a forefront. Um, And they're looking for a remote care solution to enable, you know, streamlined workflows for clinicians as well as, um, you know, better consumer experience and better patient experience. Um, And so I think from, you know, zooming in on kind of voice and, uh, more broadly, remote patient monitoring, I think voice can serve really as kind of that digital front door or Trojan horse almost, where once you have voice-enabled devices set up in the home, those can connect to other smart devices that can then build a, a smart home, which is now, especially in the pandemic, a safer home and a safer place for patients to be. And and so voice is really the, you know, can be the the gateway to that, to setting it up in the home, having the, your blood pressure cuff, your, um, your scale, your glucose monitor all attached and voices just nudging you to take healthier actions as a patient. And that data can be transmitted over to a provider, um, and can help with kind of a virtual triage. Do you need to actually go in and see a provider? Can this be taken care of over uh, a virtual visit, telehealth visit? Um, I think it just, it opens, this is really, you know, accelerated and pushed a lot of these questions to the forefront, whereas previously it was, you know, nice idea, let's invest in it. But now we're actually seeing um, quite a bit of movement uh, out of, you know, um, necessitation of the situation. Yeah, no, that's excellent. A complete agreement. And Audrey, same question for you, um, how the pandemic has impacted you um, and your thoughts on the role that voice and AI uh, can play within health insurance amidst everything that's going on. Sure. So I think that, you know, we've been pretty impacted. Uh, We're here in New York, of course, so we've been very impacted. But my business, uh, we've had to make five recording studios remote at my composer's homes. So we haven't furloughed anyone because we had projects that were in motion uh, and we continue to do so. However, um, we have two clients that are in bullseye industries that won't be moving until next year. uh, One is in the cruise industry and we do a tremendous amount of work. So unfortunately for them, they're not doing anything. Um, And then the other one is um, work that we do in sports. So sports is fairly, you know, non-moving right now, some moving a little bit. Uh, So those have impacted us on one end, but on the other end, we have a lot of devices and a lot of products and they're moving quite quickly. So again, to echo what was said before me, um, these things were coming and we knew they were coming. We've discussed them over the past few years. Um, if you talk about healthcare, the devices that have come out just in the past few years are phenomenal. And we've done the sound for those. We've done voice casting for the introductory videos, the training videos, and and uh, we've done like 3D tours and things of that nature. But this has really pushed it. So I, I think that 
a lot of our work right now is coming from um, products that are going to go to market and are, are going at, at lightning speed. And the ability to do that remotely because we connected our studios, we got everything in order, uh, has been a little challenging, but getting it in order, but we're okay doing it that way. Now, with regard to insurance specifically, the areas that come into play there are more on the, um, less on the, like healthcare as a whole is doing a lot of, a lot of devices, fantastic devices that can keep people in their homes for many, many years. And I broke my toe. I made a, a, a video of my broken toe and I did a telemed with my doctor. I was going to put music to it, but I thought that was a little inappropriate. Um, but it saved me from going back into the city and I, we knew what it was. It was, you know, it was clear as a bell what, what was going on. But with regard to insurance specifically, um, I found that there was, was a lot of bumpiness with it, um, the voice, the IVR systems, because I don't think that they, to a certain degree, they can take you through the, the road to get to what you need to. However, I don't think they were quite prepared for the, the load of volume that was going on. So you'd go through the IVR and then to get to a point where it said, we have you know, two, you know, 295 people ahead of you, please leave your number, we'll get back in touch with, with you. But where I do see changes there is that we're, we're doing a lot of work in the empathy side in, and, and I'm doing that with my own customers. It's like some of them, it's like, forget it. Their budgets are frozen, but I want to stay connected with them. So I'm doing the care and I'm doing the staying connected and the empathy and sending them articles and things that relate to them. And I think that that's what's happening here too, is that we're doing things where we're taking things and we're revoicing them with a more empathetic voice. We're recasting them. Um, we're helping people work through their IVR systems to have a different tone. Uh, and people are changing the nature of what they're uh, recording. For example, like Cigna five years ago had something, a video uh, ad called, you know, why choose Cigna? And 17 hours ago had, you know, what's a, what's a Medicare supplemental plan? You know, it's a different tonality. It's more customer centric and care centric. And that's what I think is happening now. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I appreciate that. And Bhagavan to you. Um, so you're, you've got a different line of sight on all this. Share with us, you know, not only how um, the pandemic has impacted you and your organization, but also how you view uh, how it will impact uh, you know, how voice and AI will impact uh, health insurance amidst the pandemic and make sure you sp uh, speak up a little bit as well. Sure. So I think most of the speakers have covered, but just to take a step back and see what impact COVID has done, there were massive casualties. Right? The medical infrastructure was overwhelmed with the requests coming in from various uh, corners. Right? And there are potential second order deaths and there are the chance that we might have a second uh, wave, right? And it crippled our socio-economic economic life. And to give some of the instances, uh, employees were unable to visit insurance offices, right? The industry operations and sales in healthcare and health insurance almost halted, right? And there was no insurance staff ready to help out people, right? And um, there was difficulty in offering services like in-person advice or uh, even at-home medical examination, right? because of lockdown, the people are unable to move both in Asia, Europe, and North America and South America. And there was no way to obtain the previous medical and insurance history. Right? And applications were dropping down. The insurance primes, premiums uh, were, were hiking up and the annuity was reducing. And, uh, and of course, the declining underwriting profits and the investment returns were plummeting. 
and the healthcare coverage plans and policies, pretty much everything got changed. Right? And if you look at the pension accumulations, right, they started uh, showing uncertainty because uh, the work, people were absent from work, layoffs, and partial employment. And there's a, there was a surge in claims also, in insurance claims, due to COVID-19-related mortality and sickness. So having said that, both in Asia and Europe and various other geographies, there was a focus on digital assets, right? Enhanced information security, creating immediately a remote working infrastructure, coordinating a war room operations, right? Increased demand for pandemic-specific coverage and heightened insurance awareness. The focus was more on awareness. And of course, insurers extended the days of grace on due premiums as a goodwill measure. Some banks and financial companies have declared the financial moratoriums, right? And there was a proactive offer of cash value loans, right, from insurer. And there was a delay in pension contribution for the followed members. And uh, of course, the COVID-19 testing was very expensive. And some of the, uh, uh, in some of the areas, the testing was not covered by the insurance. Now coming to the voice AI, there was a clearly a rise in telehealth services right, in US, in India, in Asia, in Europe for addressing uninsured, underinsured, right? Even doctors started using, like I was reading about, reading about Sanofi, using virtual medical representatives having appointments with doctors. So pretty much a virtual working model for the whole ecosystem, covering the healthcare players, healthcare, the health insurance players, pharma, pharma companies, working together, right, and creating almost like a war room operation. So you had artificial intelligence-based interactive tools like bots, assistants, robotic process automation, video chats were happening, and mobile apps were gaining traction. So all this was happening within two or three months. Right? Nobody thought we'll test our digital backbone. Right? If you, if you visualize the whole world's internet backbone as a digital backbone, nobody thought we'll test it out. Right? Most of our people were sitting at home, right? You getting up in the morning, wherever you are in your time zone, you are pretty much testing out. Right? First two three hours, you were just on the video chats. You were just on the audio chats. Right? You are calling people. And also the boards and assistants, and they'll also focus on risk classification and fraud detection in business and claims, right? And uh, along with the machine learning, the straight tool processing was incorporating optical character, character recognition, natural language processing for automated document ingestion in new business and claims. And health insurance, insurers, like I was mentioning, we're waiving costs on COVID-19 treatment, like for example, Cigna, right? And Aetna was waiving cost sharing for inpatient admissions. And Cigna was also looking at digital screening tools like Symptom Checker to help early infection detection. Aetna was providing a free virtual doctor access. Another important aspect Kaiser was looking at was the mental health being most of the employees who are working in the work environment or going out or traveling are now sitting at home for almost for three, four months. So Kaiser Permanente created a mental health app to ensure to relieve stress, right? to have normal life, to have good fitness programs and good, uh, good health during this lockdown where you can maintain your uh, stability and mental health. And also Medibank was creating vital aid cost absorption. So if you observe the most of these players like Aetna or Kaiser or Cigna or Medibank, look at even healthcare insurance business, this is a strategic inflection point, right? Not just digital, digital business, not just AI, right? For the whole healthcare business, it's a huge inflection point. And clearly they're focusing on how to win this particular battle against COVID-19 to agility, innovation, customer engagement, employee motivation, and swift technology option, right? I've never seen in my last uh, four decades, the technology adoption being so swift that even my parents and uh, children caught on to the digital, digital world, like my uh, 
second daughter who is going going who is doing her seventh grade picked up zoom and started doing online classes started doing google school so quickly right so that's that's my view from this side of the world yeah no that's excellent and uh as you sort of alluded to you know it, it reminds me of something that someone told me earlier this week uh who works in healthcare they said uh, if you're not working on covid-19 you're not working uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. You know, there's such a galvanized uh, force of resources uh, on this, and you, you spoke to that and, and spoke to it well. Matt, same question for you. Um, how has the pandemic impacted you, and how do you view how voice and AI will uh, reshape health insurance? Right, so um, I've been asked this question a few times. One of the answers I like to give is relative to a lesson I learned when I was 24 living in Cleveland at the Cleveland Clinic, doing some work, finishing up some graduate work at Case Western. And there was an attending and a resident having a conversation about a particular topic. The resident was uncomfortable about a procedure she was about to embark on. And uh, he looked at her and he said, you know, sometimes you have to start before you're ready. And for some reason that stuck with me, probably because of the emotion of the moment, but also uh, how relevant it was. For COVID-19, when it comes to healthcare voice and AI, these things we had been talking about were developing, and we were excited about the incremental changes that were coming and the adoption rate, Uh, and then all of a sudden COVID-19 hits. And so we're having to accelerate that, right, because if there's a need all of a sudden, and we're doing it largely before we're ready. But if we look at the history of humankind and innovation, sort of our largest accelerations of adoption as well as ideas uh, and implementation of those ideas have happened during a time of, of need or even dread. Um, even just looking at what they've been able to do with vaccines lately has been sort of, in my mind, mind-blowing. So as far as AI and voice is concerned, I think it's important to think about these tools as, yes, as many of the folks on this call have, have mentioned, as an active tool, right? Me as a patient interacting with it, me as a provider interacting with it. But I think something that is really interesting that I believe will accelerate even faster from COVID-19 and the pressures it's put on us is sort of this passive engagement that voice and AI can have with providers as well as patients. Yes, reminders are great, but what if the microphones were specific enough, and I don't know if Audrey's encountered this at all in her work, but these microphones are specific. The technology, in order for it to decode what it's hearing is very specific too. Uh, I remember being at a conference, for example, at Carnegie Mellon Uh, And an engineer had said he has developed a protocol in order to diagnose um, what kind of application, what kind of appliances you have in the home based on the sound they make or how much water is leaving the home when you flush the toilet or when you run the sink, even to be able to measure gallons by doing so. He said the applications are really interesting. Imagine that for healthcare. It can hear when I open up the refrigerator. It can hear when I open up my pill bottle. It can hear when I flush the toilet or when I urinate, how many milliliters I'm urinating if I have a condition that needs to track that. So I'm not necessarily actively engaging in it, but it's passively monitoring me. And hopefully that information goes into a a database and can be utilized by a provider. So I believe the passive adoption of these tools and, of course, some of the uh, changes we've seen lately uh, in initiatives with Haven and Atul Gavande. Uh, as well as other banks and retail pharmacies getting involved, will be a place for us to help us just with chronic condition management, but also managing something like a pandemic, right? Easy contact tracing without me giving up my liberties to do so. Recommending based on symptoms of my behavior alone that we've used data to uncover, perhaps I need to go see a physician or maybe have a web call to uh, look at a condition I might be developing that I'm unaware of, sort of preventive medicine on steroids, if you will. Um, So that's my take on COVID-19 and what's happening with technology is before we ever were ready and we were just celebrating some of these early wins, all of a sudden the pressures on everyone on this call become very tangible and very real. How do we connect with the patient when they're not walking into a physical space anymore? How do we serve them? How do we keep our businesses going? right, to serve them and keep the missions open. Um, and the things we're going to uncover after the fact are going to be uh, revealing and probably really provocative, and I'm looking forward to the future. No, that's great. I appreciate all five of y'all sharing your, your perspective. Um, 
you know, uh, all, all of y'all spoke to it in different ways, but, but Mika and Bhagavan definitely talked about, um, you know, and Matt, you did as well, the sort of this passive adoption of, of uh, the tools and, and, you know, Mika spoke about the smart home and things that you'll have uh, in the home that will uh, make, you know, it easier to not have to go in. And, um, you know, I was struck by, um, you know, you talk about Carnegie Mellon, so, you know, Carnegie Mellon was at the forefront. There were some others doing work on discovering that there's something about your voice that changes when you get this disease. And they have figured some of it out and some of it still remains. But, um, you know, as in ter- when you're talking insurance, you talk, you know, you're talking prediction and you're talking um, getting out in front of things. And to the extent that voice and AI can play a role with, um, preventing you from sitting there on a ventilator in a hospital somewhere. And on the front end, you know, the very first couple of days you show symptoms of COVID, you know, it hearing, you know, voice assistant hearing you talk and say, Hey, uh, you got a problem. Um, And being able to deal with it much quicker. That's to me, that's what it's all about. That's the promise of, of voice and AI and health insurance is that, that passive, uh, that, that listening, that context, that getting out in front of things. And all of y'all spoke to that in different ways. Um, I'm going to go in reverse order and I'm going to ask each of you what a hurdle, what to name one hurdle that still remains, uh, for applying voice and conversational AI to insurance. And then we'll go in the original order and I'll ask each of you to provide briefly uh, a trend uh, that you expect to play out, uh, in, in closing the show. So Matt, I'm going to start with you and we'll go in reverse order. Um, share with us a hurdle, uh, given everything that everybody just said about the promise and the things that they're seeing play out. What's one hurdle that's in the way of greater adoption of voice and AI uh, with health insurance? Uh, well, I think the consumer, especially the healthcare consumer, um, it, rightly so, should be obsessed and is obsessed with privacy. And I think that in giving the consumer or the beneficiary some confidence that having a smart speaker in the home, let's say, or maybe a, a listening device on the mobile phone itself, or the awareness that that mobile phone is sort of monitoring them, um, that their information, their data, their home behaviors are protected so that they do not feel as if they're being encroached upon, but they see it as a benefit of being connected. I think it's a huge barrier and it's perception. And perception is everything when it comes to consumption. I think perception is everything when it comes to trust. And in this case, that's a massive barrier that I think all health insurers or any insurance company that would use one of these tools has to absolutely focus on first and foremost. Excellent. Yeah, completely agree. Bhagwan, same question for you. What's one hurdle that's in the way, whether you want to talk up privacy or whether you got something else on your mind, a hurdle in the way of greater adoption? And you're on mute. Yeah, so one of the challenges, right, right, from the inception of the AI, the conversational AI, right, if you look at, was the person or design. So many of you, many, many of you, I don't know how many, how many people remember the old uh, GPS. Nowadays, everything happens with the mobile phone. So we used to have old GPS, Garmin GPS, GPS, where you configure the persona. So there used to be uh, a lady voice and a male voice and uh, a Spanish human voice. I remember when I was a student in Georgia Tech, I used to drive. So the persona which I used to pick up was the lady's voice, which was not Spanish and it was not male. And I used to like that voice when you turn the, you have to turn right, you have to turn left, and then there's a highway, there is a toll, toll gateway. So the persona design of, of a chatbot, right, or a digital assistant is very key. And the bot's personality, and what is the language, what, what is the accent, and also the tone of the user's experience uh, is very important. How the user experiences the uh, discussion or conversation with with the uh, digital assistant or chatbot. So this has been what you call uh, ignored right through, right? And most of the time we had a digital assistant, we didn't focus too much on the personal design about the chatbot because in the COVID, especially in the COVID scenario where you don't have many people to interact with, right, in person. The digital assistance or the chatbot impacts on your, what you call mental health or social life or in conversational skills also. 
And some of the things which are similar to the non-speech are slightly related to the tone or voice patterns. Right? Look at the tone, rhythm, volume, pitch. Right? These were focused a little bit. Like, for example, IBM Watson was doing some research and improvising in terms of analyzing the tones, rhythms, value, pitch. Currently, there's a lot of research going on. The person's health is measured by these voice patterns. And they are analyzed to diagnose a variety, a variety of conditions. So especially in a telehealth scenario, these what you call underestimated uh, uh, research areas like voice patterns, the personal design are a huge hurdles now. And especially uh, there was another uh, like change in the voice tone or cadence, apparently is a prediction for high blood pressure or a stroke or a heart attack. Right? This, this might look like slight exaggeration, but the current research shows that there's image, immediate change in the voice tone and the cadence. Right? Similarly, on the, uh, having an active lifestyle, right? there's a proactive AI-driven social robot called LEQ, which is coming up. There again, the person or design, how the chatbot is, who is the chatbot, what is the, who, what's, the, what's, the, what's here, what's the chatbot's gender, right? and also the availability of the virtual assistant and the behavioral modification activities, the impact on social life. Right? So these are the huge hurdles currently in the conversational layer related to health, healthcare, related to health insurance, or any any other vertical, right? It's not just healthcare. Uh, these are the challenges which currently uh, which conversational layer is facing. Excellent. Yeah. So we've got privacy and we've got uh, design uh, of the personality of the assistant, both on the board, Audrey. Uh, a hurdle that you see in front of greater adoption uh, for voice and AI with health insurance? Well, two of them were said already, so I won't even go there. But another one is, is financial and the financial investment, you know, that, that we make. So um, like Mika, the role that Mika has, has a really important role, those innovation roles. Um, will they continue? They, they're vital but at the same time, the health insurance companies, you know, it, it, it's expensive to do some of these things. When we can get to a point where, like you were saying, which I think is just, I can't wait, I study it, um, where it can sense by my emotion or change the tone of my voice, what's going on with my body. These things require funding. So will the funds be there for either the insurance companies to continue down those paths, which are vital to move those things forward, or will the outside developers who are doing them be able to stay in business long enough and get funded to be able to continue their work? Because with that, the opportunity is, is, is endless. But I have a feeling that you know, I, there's a lot of tight budgets right now, and it's going to be interesting to see which companies can't sustain this or which companies can't fund this. But for insurance companies, I think that innovation and bringing those things will be an outlay at first, but the, the, uh, a hundred time reward that comes back. That's excellent. Yeah. So we got privacy, we got uh, design of the personality of the assistant, and we've got funding on the board, three pretty big hurdles. Mika, your thoughts uh, on a hurdle in front of greater voice AI adoption? You choose any of these three or are you going with a different one? So I would say in addition to kind of the technical hurdles or challenges and operational challenges, definitely hear you on you know, you need to demonstrate the hard benefits of these innovation projects. And, and as you said, hopefully these roles stick around so we can overcome some of these barriers. But I would also like to highlight um, kind of what I would categorize as almost say usefulness. And this is maybe tied to design, maybe tied to the end consumer experience. But, you know, there was a, I think a voice bot report that came out in October of last year that showed, you know, seven and a half percent of U.S. consumers are using voice today for healthcare applications, like looking up uh, medical information, finding nearby care, and so on. But over over fifty percent would would like to. So there's a significant gap. It's 
you know, there's a 7X user base that are ready to, to use voice and use these platforms to help navigate care. Um, but yet we see limited adoption and there are tens of thousands of, you know, Alexa skills and more Google actions. And I don't know if Cortana, you know, you know <laughs> is doing anything, but these, so why is there this continued gap? And I think there's, so one that points to kind of the, the usefulness of these skills, as long as the um, user experience of, of calling in and talking to a live human or going online and searching for the answer yourself is uh, better than um, talking to Alexa or, or Google, then adoption of these voice assistants will be gated. And so I think there's a usefulness and kind of design challenge there. That's excellent. Yeah. So we've got uh, four big hurdles. We've got privacy, we've got design, we've got funding, and now we've got adoption issues, uh, all four of which are, are uh, fundamentally important. Micah, same question to you. Um, your thoughts on a hurdle that's uh, in the way of greater adoption? Yeah, sure. A lot of them have already been uh, surfaced, uh, obviously. Um, my my main question mark is around awareness of future ROI. So as we know, uh, any sustainable business um, makes decision based on ROI or possible ROI. And when it comes to voice, the ROI is a lot less immediate and tangible than uh, for any other um, interface because obviously um, if you look at social media, if you look at websites and all of the analytical tools that go with it, um, from click one, a business can know how much money it just made thanks to their presence on that interface. When it comes to voice, that's a lot less obvious, a lot less blatant. Um, it's, it can be measured um, with something like a drop in, in actual calls to human agents for IVRs. It can be measured um, with like success rate, et cetera, et cetera. But still, key business people don't really, in my experience see the numbers the bigger numbers behind it uh, and that's also amika said we have this gap between users being ready to use voice for their care uh, for their insurance um, journeys uh, and then actual possibilities that they have today and i think that has also to do with that lack of awareness that ROI is perhaps not immediate, but as Audrey uh, so uh, stated so well, um, the, the return will be like 10,000 fold, not only from a dollar perspective, um, but from a being there for your customer perspective in times of need. And that necessarily brings ROI dollar wise later on at a time that you can't necessarily measure, but that is there. Um, it's, a, it's not only about getting the dollar on the click, it's about creating the awareness for the long-term. And I think voice is very good at that if it's given the opportunity. No, that's great. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's five interesting hurdles that were all said there. And uh, so we've got time uh, running short. So we're going to uh, call an audible here. Um, we're going to go through the original order. We're going to go Micah, Mika, Audrey, Bhagavan, Matt. And I'm going to ask you to uh, close the show by getting your crystal ball out, put your Nostradamus hat on, and give me one sentence, one sentence on a trend that you expect to play out over the second half of 2020 into the first half of 2021 with regards to voice, AI, and healthcare. Micah, I'm going to start with you. I think that voice, AI, and healthcare will continue to play well together. And it is my hope that in that play, empathy plays 
a central role and that the um, trend to focus on accessibility and inclusion will continue um, both in healthcare and in the rest of our lives. Excellent. Thank you. Mika, one sentence on a trend you expect to play out over the second half of 2020 into 2021. I would say a, a focus on enabling remote patient monitoring in the home. Excellent. Audrey, one sentence, a trend you expect to see play out over the second half of the year into next year. I think taking um, voice, AI, and healthcare combined with empathy, humanity, and humanizing these products, I think this is going to be the biggest singular growth area over that period of time. Excellent. Bhagavan, one sentence, a trend you expect to play out over the second half of the year into next year. I would see an AI clinical assistant which can provide uh, a real-time information based on the patient's medical records and the clinical support for both doctor and patient to make a decision. Right? It's not just the pandemic, it's going to be uh, a second wave where uh, it will be a lot of respiratory diseases which are going to come. So I think AI clinical assistant with the telehealth solution will play a very important role. Excellent. And Matt, last word to you. One sentence, a trend you expect to play out in uh, voice and AI and healthcare second half of the year into next year. I agree that the humanization of these tools will become <clears throat> one of our primary focuses into the future. But I also think that the way we recruit patients and give them access to care will become ever more primarily done through voice and AI. This is excellent. So Micah, Mika, Audrey, Bhagavan, Matt, thank you all for your time today. Thank you for being part of This Week in Voice, Special Healthcare Series, Episode 4. For me, Bradley Metrock, thank you for listening uh, or watching if you're watching on YouTube. Until next time.